0: Romans chapter number 5, the Bible says in verse number 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. That first word, wherefore, followed by the comma, it serves as a sobering reminder as it introduces death. Then it says, "As by one man." Notice, uh, Adam is mentioned there, not Eve. As, as the man, as by one man. Uh, It also uh, serves for us to note as well: God is not the author of sin. It was a co-effort between Satan and Adam and Eve, a joint effort by Satan. And man, Satan introduced, the serpent introduced, the temptation, man took it. Then the Bible says, as by one man, sin entered into the world. It's the entrance of sin. It's like the fox you don't want in the chicken house. (laughs) Okay, it's like the COVID-19 you don't want in your body. It's, uh, if I could say, it's like the sheep in wolf's clothing that can come in and affect the, the flock. It's the entrance of that sin. And how did it enter? Well, I mean, come on, the act of eating fruit. What's wrong with that? Nothing in and of by itself. But it was the act of disobedience. The act of that is what caused mankind that desire to eat overruled the desire to just be satisfied by obeying what God said unbelief man says this i deny god the right to command me how can i listen to god's commands when i'm well after all i'm me right that's unbelief and at the same time we deny that the penalty that god gave exists and that's exactly what they did also Consider ambition. The serpent said, ye shall not surely die. The serpent said, ye shall be as gods. They desired to be somebody more than what God had created them to be. Oh, ambition can be a sinful thing. You want to be more than what God has for you. Unbelief, ambition, and then simple carnal appetite. They wanted to satisfy their fleshly appetite. And then finally, ungratefulness. How can God give two people a beautiful, blessed, entire garden for their enjoyment and they mess it up? Now, isn't that us? <laughs> I mean, think about that for a second. Isn't that us? God has given us so much. We take for granted the fact that we even, we take for granted the blessing that it is to even be born in America. We really do. And because of that, we so view the lens, uh, view the Bible through the lens of Americans instead of Bible believers, some of us think it would be a sinful thing to take down the American flag because we think that it's America that's Christian. <laughs> it's, we okay? We okay? We're not American Christians. We're Christians who live in America, and we have to stop viewing the Bible as Americans and start viewing the Bible as saved, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Christians, Christians. I'm thankful that we have in America the freedom to say what I just said and to gather publicly like we all just gathered. I'm not siding with Russia. I'm not siding with China. I don't know if I, did I say that right, China. I, 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 I want our side to win. But we have blessings, a garden of blessings bestowed upon us. And I just say this morning that we all should just reflect on being Thankful on being thankful, and then the Bible says, "Wherefore is by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin." The great curse is death by sin. Every physical pain that you have, every physical ailment that you and I suffer, every time we have a prayer request for someone that has a sickness or a disease. Or a surgery. You got to replace your shoulder. You got to replace your hip. You got to replace your heart. You got to replace your knee. You got to replace your eyes. You know what all that is? It's death trying to conquer your body. That's what it is. Death by sin. Think of the social pain. Think of every broken relationship. Think of every broken marriage. Think of every broken or split apart church family. What is that the result of? Sin. Death by sin. Broken hearts, broken homes, broken relationships because of sin. Death by sin. It's ultimately, a broken relationship with God and sin brings separation from God go to James chapter 4 if you would James chapter number 4 right after the book of Hebrews you'll come to James find the fourth chapter James chapter number 4 I want you to get a hold of this verse this morning the Bible says in James chapter number 4 verse number 14 Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow and you say yes, I do. I'm going to work. How do you know? For what is your Life. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. You think 96 years is a good time on this earth. Oh, and it is, isn't it? <laughs> for a queen to rule and a monarch that long? Man, that's a long time. But everybody's life ends. It's a little time in light of a lot of time, which would be eternity. And I'll say amen to that. It's a transient life down here on earth. It really is. It really is. And all of us, it doesn't matter how healthy you are. It doesn't matter how many gym memberships you have. It doesn't matter how many natural supplements you take. It doesn't matter how much time that you regulate yourself to be in and out of the sun. None of that really matters in light of eternity. I'm not saying don't take care of your health. I try to do it. But we're all uncertain about how long we will have here on this earth. And all of us, we all must walk through the door of death. We all know the Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. And I ask you this morning, do you have the Lord with you? Because if you don't, Don't walk through the door of death without him. You say, well, who wants to think about death? Aren't there more joyful things to to talk about? Can't we talk about gardens and flowers blossoming and plants coming up and some hope? Yes, but let's not forget about the contrast. I know our hearts don't long to talk about death. We want something fresh. We want something uplifting. Dare I say, we want something from Joel Osteen. (laughs) Look, the Christian life is an uplifting life. It is a joyful life. It It is an abundant life in Christ. I'm not making light of that. But the every day is a Friday Christianity. It's not Christianity. Death is a reality. The first family, Cain, kills Abel. And as the earth is drinking the blood... Of Eve's son. Can you just imagine her just looking up saying, why God? Why? Can you imagine her remembering what the Lord said? For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Death is what that family had to deal with. Look at Genesis 5. Genesis chapter number 5. Look at it in verse number 5 at the end of the verse. Adam lived for 930 years, and he died. Look at verse number 8 at the end. Seth, and he died. Look at verse 11. Enos, and he died. Verse number 14. Canaan, and he died. Verse number 17. Mehalel and he died. Verse number 20, Jared, and he died. 27, Methuselah, and he died. 31, Lamech, and he died. It's sorrowful, yet it's truthful, inspired scripture. Man gave up his right to exist on earth. Because of sin. And he must. Exit this earth. Through death. Nobody escapes it. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ. Our Lord. Go over to Genesis 23. For 400 shekels of silver. Abraham buys some land. It's a cave. Machpelah it's from the sons of Heth and and in Genesis chapter number 23 watch what verse number four says he says I am a stranger and a sojourner with you give me a possession of a burying place with you that I might bury my dead out of my sight he wants a burial place for his wife Sarah you see him standing there with all the millions of other husbands. They're just standing by the burial ground of their wife, who they've loved more than life itself. Yet she's gone. It's tragic. How many wives have stood over their husband's casket? How many children have to grow up fatherless and motherless? Let me ask you this. How do you measure that type of loss down here on earth? 9-11. Now 21 years later, here we stand. Almost 3,000 Americans lost their lives. Husbands were lost. Wives were lost. Children lost their father. Father. I lost a friend. You may have lost a friend or a loved one. That friend had a family who now does not have a father. Death is a tragic loss down here. Everything around the world news now is Queen Elizabeth. To be able to live that long. Now all of England, they're all mourning the loss of someone that to them They treasured that life. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Can I ask you to turn to Psalms 146. I'd like to look at another passage of scripture. Psalms 146. There's one little verse here I'd like to look at this morning, at least in Psalms. The Bible says, His breath goeth forth, He returneth to His earth, in that very day His thoughts perish. His breath goeth forth no matter who you are, just like everyone else. You will take your last exhale. It says, he returned to his, to his earth. All that you're going to have left, all that I'm going to have left is a grave. The Bible says in Genesis 3, in the sweat of thy face, thou shalt eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return All you will have in your life, your life will be gone here on earth. And all you will have, all I will have is a few feet of dirt. The earth and the dust will be the home for your body and for mine. And that's where it will reside. You're a self-made millionaire man. You're part of a big monarch. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's not going to keep you here. Oh, how poor is the richest of men? Oh, how poor. When's that going to happen? Psalm 146, verse 4 In that very day, that day that you die, I've got plans, I've got ambitions. I'm going to build a house. I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to be great. I'm going to make something of myself. In that day, all you will have is a few feet of dirt. And the Bible says, his thoughts perish. They say that successful business people... One of the things that makes them successful is the thought. They saw something and develop a thought after what after what they saw. And that idea springboarded into something that blossomed into something great. It's the idea. And all that's going to be gone. All that's going to be gone. Luke 12. Luke 12. Look at verse number 19, Luke chapter 12, verse number 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Where are they going to be? Human life ends. Can't get away from it. Look at Luke chapter number 16. This is the divine decree of death we're looking at. No one escapes it. Luke chapter 16. We all know this passage. Look at verse 23. And in hell. He lifted up his eyes being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Look at verse 22. It was the rich man that died and was buried. It's the rich man that in hell is lifting up his eyes. It's the rich man that is in torments. And he cried and said, verse 24, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented. In this flame. It's the rich man that is tormented in the flame. Dear friend. Without Christ. You will consciously drop into the horrors of hell. You will consciously know where you are and be tormented. And I don't want that for you. We don't want that for you. God doesn't want that for you. But it's for people who reject the Lord Jesus Christ. You see what it says? All he wants is some water. Just some water. You won't get water. Try to go a day without water. You'll be begging for it. Go to the second to last book in the Bible, Zechariah. We take for granted water. Look at Zechariah chapter number 9. Zechariah... Chapter number nine. Look at verse number 11. Zechariah chapter nine, verse number 11. The Bible says, as for thee also. By the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. It's because of sin they find themselves in a pit. It's a picture of the condition of. Of unregenerate lost men. It's a filthy pit of depravity. It's a pit of wretched ignorance. It's dark. It's lonely. And there's no water in the form of refreshment. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no comfort. There's a picture here of the bondage of sin. Lord's people don't belong there. That nation of Israel didn't belong there. Now, prophetically, they're going to be delivered from it. Let's just take a little side trip. Let's look at Isaiah chapter number 51. Isaiah chapter 51. Look at verse number 14. Isaiah 51, verse number 14. The Bible says, The captive exile exile hasteneth that he may be loosed, and that he should not die, in the pit, nor that his bread should fail. Go to the 60th chapter of Isaiah. Watch what, it's, is what it says. This is why it says in Isaiah 60, verse number one, arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Prophetically, God's people, that nation, they're going to be regenerated. They're going to be saved in a day. God's going to deliver them. But to make some practical application, I'm looking at the pit as the ruined and hopeless state of man. All of us who have all been arrested by sin. And our our souls are in the pit of misery, darkness, and hopelessness. Until we came to Christ and received the light of the glorious gospel. Now we're not there anymore if you've received that light. In Genesis 37, Joseph's brother, they brought him into a pit with no water. <laughs> now you get a picture of a resurrected Christ. Psalm 16 says, For that will not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Acts two three. He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. David said in Psalm 40, verse 2, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. Can you say like David? You you're you've been placed upon. You've you've trusted in the rock, <laughs> the rock of your salvation. David said there was a deliverer. David said there was someone that established my goings. Who was it? It was God. It was the Lord. In Jeremiah thirty-eight, they ca- they cast Jeremiah into a pit with no water. In Lamentations, Jeremiah says. They have cut off my life in the dungeon and cast a stone upon me. He goes on to say in in Lamentations verse 3, I called upon thy name, O Lord, out of the low dungeon. Thou hast heard my voice. If you don't know Christ this morning, you will be delivered into a pit wherein is no water unless God Delivers you Israelites were delivered out of Egypt. It was 70 years. They were in Babylonian captivity. I'm telling you this vile pleasure seeking world better seek deliverance from God or they will be delivered into a pit wherein is no water. You have those professing themselves to be wise as professors at colleges. One is two minutes down the road for us, Tennessee Tech. They have a teacher that is paid to teach young people. As far as I can understand the story, he, it was on his watch. It was by his permission. It was by his authority, if you will. It was by his granting of permission to bring in a vile drag queen act where children are involved. Who would do such a thing? Someone that is heading to a pit wherein is no water. And the only way for them to not end up in that pit is for them to come to Christ the same way that you and I came to Christ. To repent and trust the Savior. They must do that. Say, how do you handle a situation like that? That man, if that college wants to handle that correctly, that man should be fired immediately. And a public statement should be made that that man was fired because of his vile act and because the college is not promoting that type of filth, that type of abomination and that type of sin to students. Now I'm not a betting man. How many of you want to hedge your bet to guess that that's probably not going to happen? Now, if it does, then praise God, <laughs> praise the Lord, right? You know what's going to happen next week? Someone's going to complain about somebody giving out a gospel track, and then and there's and and it's one of those fanatics from Pilgrim Baptist. They're infiltrating the children's mind with Jesus. Really? Really? There's a pit prepared wherein is no water. (laughs) I don't want anybody to go to that pit. So I'm going to go out there and tell them about Jesus. Jesus. I don't want that college professor to go to a pit where there is no water. That's why I want someone to tell him about Jesus. If not, I'll tell him about Jesus. This drag queen thing ain't going away. Don't pray for, don't, don't don't pray for it to go away. It's not going away. Pray for God to send laborers To go to them and tell them about Jesus. Now you've got a young family. God probably didn't call you to bring your little kids over and talk to that vile group. Maybe dad needs to go. Maybe dad and mom need to pray for God to send someone else to go. But somebody ought to go. You can pray for it to go away all you want. It ain't going away. It's here to say. Sin is here to stay. You can't pray sin away. You must pray that God will do a work in their heart. Well, they will come to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ so that they can be indwelled with the Holy Spirit and now live in this world, but be not of this world. And then go tell others to do that. That's the church growth model. Isn't that the model we see in the book of Acts? People got saved. They went and told others and they got saved. You're not going to change the college. You're not going to change the town. You're not going to change the politics. But you know what you can do? You can give them the gospel and their hearts change. People's hearts change. And now they start living different, governing different, teaching different. You with me this morning? If you are, say amen. 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 I hear that amen. It's good. It's good for the little ones. That lets me know you're paying attention and praise God for it. You're the future of the church. Go to the book of Matthew. We'll finish out here in the book of Matthew. It won't be the last verse, but it'll be the last book. Matthew chapter 7. Talking about Romans 5 12, and the end of the verse says, And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You know, we've moved into now, and we're going to be talking about this more in the upcoming Sundays, to Adam as the representative head of sin. We've discussed our individual sin, and that certainly is there in biblical. But now, these next few verses in Romans chapter 5, the view is changing now to get the perspective of Adam. Adam sinned. You're a sinner. You don't. You don't have to list your individual sins. Just look at Adam. You're in Adam. You're a sinner. And Matthew five, uh, uh, Matthew seven. I'm sorry. Verse number seventeen. Watch what the Bible says. It says, "Even so, every good fruit, every good tree, bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. How are you going to bring forth good fruit when you're corrupted by your first parents? I'm corrupted by my first parents." None of us can bring forth good fruit. Why? Because of Adam. We cannot. There's nothing in us that would allow us to bring forth anything but corruption. That's us. We're corrupt sinners. Because of Adam, we fall not too far from the tree, if you will, if you will. Bible says in Genesis five, verse three, and Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness. Adam was formed in the likeness of God. Adam's son was in in Adam's likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Adam was formed in the likeness of God. You and I are formed in the likeness of Adam, a corrupt tree that can only bring forth corrupt fruit. Job 14.4, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? The answer, not one. I know babies are cute and precious, and we're going to be getting to that probably next week. They're conceived in sin. I know you're their parents, but so is Adam and Eve. (laughs) Can't get away from that. Goes on to say in Job 25, how then can a man can man be justified with God or how can he be clean? That is born of a woman. He can't be. What's it say in John 3? That which is born of the flesh is? Me, help me out, church. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's wh- that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Therefore, what does the Bible say? You must be, give it to me a little bit harder. You must be, t- give it to me like I know that you're born again and you're excited about being born again. You must be, yeah, that's what we want to get to. Everybody's corrupt. That's why we go out the tech. That's why we go out to the fairs. That's why we teach and preach like this. Isn't it a blessing to be in a church where the men come up and they open the Bible? That's what Zach did this morning. He went through the Bible. My fingers were like this. It was on all the chapters that he said to go to. And I hold all my fingers there. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just saying that helps me see where so I can get there quick. Hebrews twelve says the General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn. That's an interesting name. If you ever were looking for a church name? What's the name of your church? The General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn. Now that's a privilege to be a part of that. It's an honor to be delivered by God. We're not going to a pit wherein is no water. It's a blessing to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And let me show you one more in the book of Matthew, the last book, and this will be the last verse we'll look at. Matthew chapter number one. Remember, we looked back in Genesis five and he died and he died and he died and he died and he died. Why? Because one man sin entered and death by sin. and So death passed upon all men, for all of sin. Right. That's Romans 512. We saw that in Genesis. Everybody dies, 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 dies. Now watch this generation. Watch the book of this generation. Look at verse 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ. The son of David. The son of Abraham. And you go through all of these verses. All the way through verse 16. Look at the end of verse 2 and 3. Do you see and he died? Look at the end of verse 4 and 5. Do you see and he died like Genesis 5? No. You see begat, 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 begat. Look at verse 11. And Josias begat Jeconias. And his brethren, and we see in verse number twelve, Jeconias begat Salathiel. Look at, and Salathiel begat Zerubbabel, and it goes on, and it ends in verse number sixteen. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. There are two generations, and in Adam all die. That's why in Genesis five when it gives the when it gives the generation in Adam everybody is listed as and he died there's another generation that generates not death but life in Adam all die it generates death but in Christ all can be made alive and Christ generates what life that's why we see in that genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 there is no, any he died. Why? Because Jesus Christ generates life. Except look at this last verse in verse 21. And he shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Because people have been generated in Adam and they will die because of sin. And it's good. Jesus comes to save us from sin and our death and separation from God by dying a sacrificial life. He came to die because we were already in death. And we can be made alive and we can be regenerated and have a full life in Christ. And when we leave this earth, we're not going to a pit wherein is no water. We're going to be with the Lord forevermore. Praise his holy name.